Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family. This is Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are talking about your spiritual awakening and how the people in your life have responded to it. I put this question out on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family Facebook page a while ago, and you know there are a lot were a lot of disappointing reactions from people in people's lives and supportive reactions. So we're going to talk about that more in depth. But first, hey Scotty, hey guys, what's going on? Same old, same old. Yeah, uh, we still are in. Uh... Quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. I mean, there's some signs that we might be breaking out soon. But... Yeah. No, they said like Monday phase one for right. our county. For our county. Yeah. So some things are opening, but it's still kind of, you know, yeah. scary out but, there. But, you know, we're, we're, we're making our own magic. And, we are. Uh, we just keep doing what we're doing. and uh, we, we all just... have to make our own magic. Yeah. Absolutely. So we we've been to. doing a lot of, you've been doing a lot of podcast interviews. Yeah. Uh, radio shows. Uh, and we've been doing our own live shows. I love the lives. Love the lives. It's like pre-podcast. It's what we used to do. Right. That, that was actually our warm-up. You know, before yeah. we actually started the podcast, <laughs> we did all these live shows. We used to do, we actually did it more than we used to. Yeah. We used to do it once a week. Yes. Uh, before the podcast, but then when the podcast came, you know, there's always yeah, so much time busy. that you have. Yeah. Sure. But now that we're in quarantine, we've been actually trying to get a, at least back to a show a week. You just wonder how much people can hear this accent, you know, without yours or mine, e- mine, oh. without their ears bleeding. <laughs> but the, the last, well, we had one that got really kooky. Uh, oh, a live show, you're saying? Yeah, we had, uh, yeah, right. We had, yeah, right. We had a live show that got really kooky. And, you know, some, now we've actually decided we have to dub our live shows just in case. Yeah. And we call them Mystic Michaela After Dark. After Dark. That's if things get a little kooky on the live yeah, show. Yeah, we don't save those. Um, we don't save those, right? We don't save those. But one thing that people loved about that little nutty uh, live show yeah. was that you mentioned that you put uh, crystals in your bra. Yeah. And last podcast, I was talking about like tools for mystical protection. Yes. And like, I keep crystals in my bras. And like, we talked about <laughs> this on a live show, I think last week. Uh-huh. And man, you were shocked. I was, a lot of people do this as well. I mean, first of all, you got to remember on these live shows, it's all women and me. Right. So, you know, there's no guys watching the show. So everyone starts, right, I have, keep my crystal, you know, my crystals in my bra and I right. do and this one does, you know, and they had all, they all like had stories about it. Like, you know, you know, one had one, like they forgot and they put in the washing machine, like they broke the washing <laughs> machine when they took the bra off with the crystal in it. That's a problem. Yeah, that'd be a problem. Like if you take your, and this has happened to me, like you, you forget that your crystals are in your bra. So you go and take them off and then you right. just hear them all fly across the room and hit yeah. the ground. How many times have I been like on all fours <laughs> looking for my bra crystals? The kids help me. Mommy oh, okay. lost her crystal. Look for mommy's crystal. Oh my God. It's just... nor and I think anybody that you know, if you if you're not on the bra crystal wagon, yeah. get on it. Yeah. I it's mean, helpful. <laughs> one one husband thought the lady had a tumor. <laughs> really? Yeah, because he like I guess he, you know, went to second base on her. Yeah. <laughs> It was, her, it was, you know, your second base. Like, oh, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, what's that? And like, I guess and she pulls out she pulls like a out. big piece of quartz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, uh, and then that's what the last podcast was about. Like, 
here's the thing. They're tools, you know, they, they're tools for protection. They, they keep you grounded. You know, they help you kind of remember who you are, remember what your goals and intentions are. That's yeah. what crystals can do for you. Okay. But, but, and the keeping in the bra is just like a place to keep them. It makes me feel protected. And I... I'm such a down-to-earth person about this stuff. And you yeah. know me. Like, I am so not, uh, like, a magical thinker about right. too much stuff. But, like, you know, after enough incidences where I felt other people's energy attached to me or what have you, I needed to do some things to empower myself. And okay. raw crystals were part of it. I use Apache's Tear, which okay. is a form of obsidian, and selenite, which is an aura cleansing. I know. I, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think I should keep one in my boxers? A crystal. I don't know how that would fix to your body. Well. Everybody who can visualize well, is visualizing this. I well, hope you know. I could either, maybe what I could do <laughs> is I could kind of like. Yeah? Like, Where are you going to put it? That's a good question. Yeah. Um, we're all we are all visualizing ideas right. as we listen and to you. And the weird part is I'm thinking right now. <laughs> like I'm thinking of like how to tie it on somehow. What? And we're just not going to go there. But actually thought came into my head. You know how like I don't have that thing where I see things. You I can't. Do, I, I don't see it. But I, this image I just saw. See, we, most of us, <laughs> it we, we talked about this a while ago. Yeah. Like a lot of people we found out, actually not so much, but a certain percentage of the population cannot visualize images. Right. But this one I actually was able to visualize. Yep. Where the crystal would go, yeah, and it did it. It just <laughs> it, it was idea. bad. It was bad. Like, bad idea. idea. So um, maybe my pocket, you know, pocket. I can put it in my pocket. Yeah, of course. You yeah. put it in your pocket, your wallet. All right, something like that. Yeah. You wear it. Men wear bracelets and crystals. Yeah. People think I'm a happy guy. All right. So what are we talking about today? Okay. Today I'm talking about what does your spiritual journey look like. Also, what it looks like compared to other people, what it looks like compared to what they kind of advertise in social media and other places where we see things called spiritual awakenings, and also what the fallout is, which is usually why we subconsciously avoid a spiritual journey or a spiritual awakening. So what does a spiritual awakening look like? We are a soul in a human body which means we have this eternal, beautiful force inside of us that has no beginning or end, and that's the soul. And it's stuck in this human condition. And so it's constantly being pulled and tested and infiltrated by the human ego. Talk a lot about the ego. When you fight the fight, when you, when you see the ego, when you look it in the eye, what happens is you start your spiritual awakening. It is that simple and also that traumatic in many ways. Once you see, you cannot unsee. Once you ring the bell, it cannot be unrung and things change. And that's frightening. What's interesting is the more you, know, you see this ego, the more you are actually living the human experience to its fullest which is funny, Uh, the more you see how everything works, the more you can truly enjoy this moment in time in this human body. The ego is not really an enemy. It's actually kind of a friend. The ego does a lot for us. It really allows us perspective. 
on what this is and on the surface and, and how we can deal in this life and understanding its purpose, understanding what the ego is allows you to see past it so that you can see be beyond behind the curtain in this lifetime. And seeing the ego takes away a lot of the power that it has over limiting your spiritual growth and progression. So the ego's role is basically to keep you alive. It's, it's a human thing. It's a brain thing. It's an animal thing. It's a noble thing. And we have to respect it and we have to honor it, but it gets confused because it will think, okay, so eliminating patterned behavior that isn't good for you is also keeping you alive because the whole point of the ego is to keep you on a repetitive pattern all the time. How you used to do things, how you were raised, how things were for you, it will just keep repeating it. So in a way, when we ignore it, it shows up in ways of just making us repeat bad patterns. Like I always say, we don't do what's good for us. We do what's normal for us until we wake up and we see what's going on and then we can make changes. So once you see the ego, once you see its purpose, once you see its nobility in a way, once you see how it's very sneaky, (laughs) you also see it can show up in good ways. It's the part of us that does assist us in our survival in this material world. We do need it. If you think of it like a language you can speak, you know, or, or a tool you can use, then you can use it. But first you have to recognize it as such. It does no good for you until you recognize it for what it is. So here we are, big energy stuck in human bodies and our soul craves things. And when we awaken, we admit to that wanting. We admit to wanting something and and it's very uncomfortable. A lot of people avoid the awakening because it is super uncomfortable. When you see what you want, you see what you don't like, what you don't have, what you've built up around you that was totally ego stuff, not soul stuff. And then you want to change it. It's, it's very overwhelming. It's kind of like being in a coma for years and then waking up and seeing that the room you've been in is a total mess and it's overwhelming. And being spiritually woke isn't some sort of experience that anyone really gets but you. So a lot of it is in your head. A lot of the spiritual awakening stuff, it takes place... And nobody else really can see what you go through. But the key here is you aren't perfect, and that's not the goal. It's not the goal just all of a sudden everything makes sense for you. The goal is that you lean into the discomfort, and you lean into understanding that things aren't perfect, and you lean into reflecting, reviewing, and reaching, and leaning into the things that you want to change. And that's the point of this journey, to keep pushing on the edges of what we are and what we are growing towards and what we are here to do. That's what it's about. It's not about some sort of fantasy place that you end up in. It's about being raw and vulnerable and articulating that and being personally responsible and living in a different truth and being mindful and self-aware. And sometimes that just doesn't sound like fun because it's a lot of work. But here's the thing. The first step is that you start observing yourself from outside of yourself. So here's the first step of a spiritual awakening. You start noticing things. You do more self-talk. You may notice that you feel insecure around people or that you feel different a lot, that you've always struggled to fit in. All of a sudden, things that are just normal to you, you're noticing that feel weird. And it's like nobody else has changed around you. You're the one that changed. 
you may notice that you don't feel motivated or that you simply don't want to be somewhere when you're there. And you may notice that the urge to walk away from stuff that you used to, without question, put up with is waning. And you may ask yourself why you are not doing things that you know you want to do. Like, why am I not quitting this job? Like, why do I come here every day? And it's kind of a blunt, removed observation of self. You may notice that, like, all your friends are selfish and they expect you to be selfless. And this is something that is a pattern for you. And you may notice that you attract drama or that you eat when you're stressed or that you use stimulants or depressants to get through the day or get through the night. And you notice that you just don't want to do it anymore. So it starts with that noticing. I see this on a lot of my readings. Spirit will say this to people a lot. You know, they say, like, just notice it. Just notice your feelings. When I do readings, it's not me talking. It's spirit. So I do try to take the advice. I hear spirit, you know, vessel through me for myself. And in this quarantine, I've been doing a lot of like YouTube yoga in the backyard. And this is not an Instagram photo shoot. So get like, take that visualization out of your heads immediately. I'm doing this in my, in my PJs and my kids are interrupting me every five minutes and there are like mosquitoes because I live in Florida and also yoga is difficult and I'm not super good at it, but I do it anyways because it makes me feel good. And, and my practice is to notice. And I notice how I get frustrated when I'm interrupted and I notice how it hurts more when I'm frustrated, you know, leaning into poses. And I notice how my breathing is affected when I feel stressed. And I notice that I feel like if I'm not pleasing somebody, I feel like kind of a failure as a mom, you know, or I notice that how I'm doing self-talk when I can't do a certain move, or I just notice that it hurts today physically. And it's something that I've tried to incorporate in my daily life during conversations with people or during um, moments where I am doing something that used to be a habit of mind. I, I stay mindful about it and I notice from an observant way. You can step out of yourself. We are not our thoughts. We are the observers of our thoughts. Once you understand that, that's spiritual awakening, awakening stuff because your thoughts create your reality. So if you can get in the habit of observing them rather than just mindlessly going about them, that's the step out of the ego into the soul, right there, observing. Another sign of a spiritual awakening is a sense of connection. You may want to just validate people more, say hi to a person who looks lonely or compliment someone's good job out in the community, leave a review maybe on Yelp or something about good service. You may be starting to dig under your own judgments that you've never questioned before. What is a judgment? Judgments are normal. Like we all have them. The ego does this to us that, you know, we judge ourselves. There's a little judge and jury in our own head. And then we apply it to other people too. And it's kind of easy, you know, you're programmed a certain way to judge yourself. And then you'll take that same judge and jury and judge other people and know that they're doing the same thing to you. Like when somebody gives you kind of like a critique or unsolicited advice, or you ask somebody, you know, make sure you're really careful about who you ask people for advice of. Because for the most part, people will give you advice based on how they talk to themselves, how they judge and jury themselves. And we all have a little judge and jury in our head. It's part of our ego. And you have to be cognizant of it and be like, okay, what, what is this? Because it's not you. For example, uh, it seems like 10 years ago, but it was literally just 
the recent Super Bowl halftime show. It's just in 2020. Feels like many, many years right now. And um, so, you know, a lot of people had reactions to that, if you'll recall. And I remember watching it. I was, like, tuned out. I wasn't, like, in an observant, mindful moment. I was just, you know, I don't care. And I was just, like, watching, like, whatever. And, like, the halftime show came on. It was like, whoa. <laughs> like, okay. Like, wake up. You know? I was, and, and it was, like, a lot. And um, I found myself being, like, a little shocked. Like, this is shocking. And then I, was, and then I stopped myself because that's what you got to do. Right there. You're like, hey, wait a second. Why am I shocked? Why do I find this shocking, right? Like, what, what is that? And, I, and, and that's what you have to do during a spiritual awakening. And it's super uncomfortable because you got to go confront yourself with things that are, that's the ego, like it, 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 it attaches to you, you know? And so I'm like, why am I shocked? And it's like, oh, that's right. Society taught me uh, to basically hate my own body and judge other women for doing things I don't feel comfortable doing. And an older woman, over 40, a a skirt that short, that moving like that, a pole, you know, all of a sudden it's like, this is not my stuff. I'm shocked. Why am I shocked? Because I'm absorbing that from society. That's not me. Got it. I had my come to Jesus moment. I, you know, faced it. I was like, okay, I get it. This is not about me. This is cultural stuff I've absorbed. And then I watched the fallout, which was very interesting to me because many people got super defensive about it on social media. Women shouldn't dress this way. I don't want my children watching this. What was that? That was ridiculous. And then you kind of just want to be like, you know, tell them like, what are you defending? The ego will make people extremely defensive of their own judgments because the ego's number one job is to make sure you do not change your judgments or change your thoughts at all. Part of a spiritual awakening is you will change your thoughts. You will change your opinions. You will change your ideas and your reflections. That's okay. If somebody calls you out on it, like, that's not what you said a year ago. Be like, you're right. I have changed my mind. I have grown. I have evolved spiritually in my thinking. Own it. It's vulnerable and it's brave and it's called evolution, and it's okay to change your mind on something. It really is. You'll see a lot of people defending to the death old ways of thinking, old ways of doing things, patterned cultural ways of thinking that aren't theirs, yet they've, they think are pillars of their identity. So asking yourself when something triggers you, why am I triggered? What is triggering? Why are other people triggered? Why does it trigger me that they don't see what I see? These are questions that move you along your path. There's nothing you can do about how other people think, but you can do something about how you think, and you can role model that. That's how we change the world. We take it on ourselves, we role model it, and we hope that ripple spreads. So that's connection, you know, understanding our judgments when we connect to other people and really exploring those because that's going to get in the way of connecting with other people, having judgments, other little signs of connection, environmentally, you know, being more conscientious, not using plastic or being like, let's do meatless Mondays or worrying about littering or just doing little things to make your mark on the planet a little less violent, things like that, you know, a little bit more compassion for humanity, 
bringing up things that are upsetting to you and thinking a little way that you can fix it, cleaning out your closet, giving to charity, you know, what are little things you can do to help? These are going to raise to in you when you're having a spiritual awakening. It's not just about you anymore. You see your interconnectivity to others and you want to contribute to the greater good. It's a big sign. You're less isolated in a way. You feel more part of everything. A third sign is attachment removal. So attachments are just identity markers. It's how you define yourself. And and then you can start to let this go. There are many ways people do this in the 3D, which the third dimension. I did a podcast on this a couple of podcasts ago, which is just the material ego-driven world. So there's there's many ways people have attachments in this 3D reality before an awakening. And some of it's just fun, like to connect to other humans. For example, I'm from Buffalo, go Bills. Okay, there's an attachment. Like, you know, that's an identity marker. Some people can take it very far. We have a very divided country, for example. We have people on the left. We have people on the right. If you're on the left, if you're on the right, people can stay attached to their identity. There's another way of looking at it. You can go above all that. You can go more humanity, more compassion in a different way. That's more of a soul way of looking at things. Another way of attachments can be what you wear, who you hang out with, where you're from, and your socioeconomic status, low or high. You know, it can be just as uncomfortable for those to stop identifying with a lower socioeconomic status, by the way, as it is with a high socioeconomic status. I didn't grow up with a lot of money, so it's been extremely hard for me to feel like I can fit in with those who have it, that I'm the same, that that I'm allowed to have things, that I'm allowed to lose the fear of not having enough. That's been a struggle for me my whole life. It's an attachment. I'm working on it. I'm aware of it. These things don't go away, by the way. They, they linger. You know, they, they become little friends that you deal with because they're ego attachments. But that was a big identity for me. And it was comfortable for me to feel without or lacking and that fear of, okay, I got to work hard, got to scramble, can't spend money, can't do this, can't do that, or I'm not going to survive. That was a mentality that got me through a lot. And sometimes it's hard to lay down the armor that got you through the war. Sometimes it's hard to put down the life vest that made sure you didn't drown at sea. But once you're on land, you got to drop it. And that's where we're at. A spiritual awakening is like getting to land after your boat capsized. Like you can drop, you can drop the life vest now. But you have such honor and you have such attachment to that life fest. And that's what these old attachments are. They're, they, they got you through things and they're hard to let them go. And you thought they were your identity because you needed to feel that way so that they could work for you. And seeing that they're not part of your identity is emotional. And that's why going through a spiritual awakening is emotional. Because saying goodbye to these attachments... It's, it's like saying goodbye to friends that helped you. It's saying goodbye to armor that protected you. And it has to be done. You can't carry it all the time. It's too much weight. Because when you put them down, you have room for more things. You have room for other stuff. You have room for a different evolved vibration to enter. Other attachments, little labels you put on yourself. Oh, I'm always late. I overeat. I drink too much. I'm lazy. I hate working out. Drop them all. Drop them all. Drop the labels. Let's have no attachments to any statement either. That It frees you up. Another symptom of being 
in spiritual awakening is feeling very peaceful within yourself and inner stability. You know, God's not outside of you or that which is greater than a spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's within you. That's what the spiritual awakening's about. It's about stopping that search outside of yourself and actually taking the search within and understanding that the whole time it's been there, it's always been inside of you. The world can fall around you. And if you go within, you know that at least that's stable. Listen, it doesn't mean you're always happy or you're not going to cry or not going to lose it or have a day, but it does mean that that which is greater than us has been located and found within you and you can go to it at any time. That's what this whole journey is about. The self-discovery, the self-talk, the revelations, the losing, the attachments. These are all layers that have to be kind of seen and dealt with so you can get to that core, you know, that core vibration, that core goodness, spirit, that which is greater than us within you. That's the journey. It's always within, not outside of you. And then there are a lot of awakening signs that come. That's another sign like synchronicity, all sorts of crazy experiences. I talk about this a lot in my podcast, episode eight, spirit guides and soul contracts. As soon as you like open yourself up for a spiritual awakening, get ready. You're going to have crazy dreams. You're going to be astral traveling. Spirit's going to be leaving all sorts of signs. You're going to be having intuitive moments. Some people start seeing aura colors, especially in their meditations, like all sorts of crazy stuff. On the Mystic Michaela spiritual family, you know, we hear about this all the time. I did this and then this happened. What is going on here? It's spirit saying like, yay, we're talking. They have always been talking to you. It's just you weren't hearing. And now you are. Synchronicity, what is it? It's a huge, that's how spirit speaks to you through synchronicity. Synchronicity is coincidence that happens too much to be a coincidence. And we call it synchronicity. And that is a huge sign that you're going through a spiritual awakening. Numbers, countless, countless stuff. And I talk about it in other episodes. Compassion for people rather than anger, another sign. You just have less need to engage with the angry people on Facebook, basically. You know what it is? It's like you see the ego in yourself so clearly that it's super easy to understand it in other people. So when somebody's speaking to you and it's all ego and you know, like, okay, this is it, like, I'm not getting past that layer with them, you don't engage. You just move on. And and you can kind of see them sometimes as children, like the people who are just 100% ego and they're not here to listen or change or grow. They're here just to defend the ego. That's different than like a, like a intellectual discourse. People who just defend whatever they're, they're not listening. They just need to defend themselves so badly. That's the ego talking. So it's not worth it. The only way to get through to anybody is through role modeling, not trying to convert them. You role model kindness. You role model compassion. You role model the spiritual journey. You role model the inner peace and the feeling of passiveness you have towards anger. They will notice that. Their souls will notice it. And what will happen is they're going to say to themselves, you know, after a lot of anger and insecurity and maybe screaming or whatever, they might say like, I want that too. And that's what you can do for them, but you can't engage with that. But it's, it's just funny because once you see your own ego, it's so easy to see in other people. They look like two-year-olds having a temper tantrum. And what, you know, do you take them personally? Two-year-olds having a temper tantrum? No, you don't. You move on. Finally, like with a spiritual awakening, you just increase your need for authenticity, which is why I love auras. It's about living life as you. There's not one way to do you. There's many ways. There's many ways to be authentic and it depends on who you are. There's no one set moment or one set path. 
Um, so the, the, the need for authenticity in your connection with self and with others. So you're going to have people around you who are themselves because you are yourself. You understand that the relationship with yourself is a mirror, which creates the reality outside of you. And then you flourish. You feel happier. You feel healthier. You have a peace, which others are attracted to. It doesn't mean your life is perfect. It just means that you feel okay, even though it's not. <laughs> you can kindly look upon people with love. You can welcome them in when they come in. You can usher them out when it's too much. And you don't have hate. And you don't get upset about little things. And you just see things from just a standpoint that's extremely compassionate and it's full of unconditional love and compassion and unconditional love is the language of spirit. That's how God looks at everyone. That's how messages are given through love, through unconditional love. Every single person has some sort of goodness in them. Every single person has some, some, some little spot of goodness in them. That's why empaths always get involved with narcissists and stuff like that. Like they look past all the awful things and they see the nugget of good buried, sometimes really buried deep within. And we all have it. And you see that when you go through a spiritual awakening, but you also know that you don't have to suffer for it. So if someone's actions don't match up to their nugget of goodness, you don't have to deal with them. And you don't have as much guilt either because you understand that. So what's about the fallout? So this is what I asked on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page. And this is what inspired this podcast. I asked basically like, what was the fallout from your spiritual awakening? with friends, with family, with spouses, significant others, with yourself. When you go from the third dimension to the fourth or the fifth dimension, you know, people will notice and they will react in different ways. Some favorable, some unfavorable, just some confused, some distant, some will just drop off the face of the earth. You'll feel it and it's hard. It's hard to understand that you can't save them all. That's what it really comes down to. As you grow and shift and change and you feel what it, feels like to be yourself and authentic and you want the people you love to feel that too because you love them and you want to stay with them and you want to vibe with them and you honestly don't want to level down to talk to them anymore and it's something everyone will notice you will come in with a higher vibe and two things are going to happen either some people are going to say oh my gosh tell me your secrets. Let's talk. I want to, I'm interested. I'm supportive. I, I want to hear about it. That's interesting to me. Or they will say, you've changed. What's wrong with you? This is nonsense. That's silly. Mumbo jumbo. You're so, you're so naive. That makes no sense. They'll, they'll put you down. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to lower your vibe. So you're more comfortable for them to be around and they don't feel insecure about it. It's all subconscious, but that's what's happening. A spiritual journey, by the way, doesn't look like something totally off the wall. Just like anything, there are so many media images of what now spirituality is supposed to look like. Like the ego has entered marketing of spirituality. So like anywhere else, like we can start getting down on ourselves that we're not being spiritual the way we're supposed to. And like, you got to step away from that. And... When you go on your own path, you got to know that you will have your own version of whatever this is for you. And honestly, the more authentic it is to you, like the more it feels you know, it, that it resonates with you and the more that it's about you and the more you, the more it's going to work and the more authentic it will appear to yourself and others. You have to do you. <laughs> and so there's a million ways to do it. And so sometimes with the way they market spirituality out there, 
the outfits or the this or the that, you know. Uh, we wonder if we have to change. Oh, I have to change to be that. The fact is you don't. You can be your, that's why I like auras too. Like, you know, you can be yellow and be spiritual and you can be purple and be spiritual. And like, you, you don't have to like go change what you're wearing or change how you do things or all of a sudden like put the kids in yoga classes. Like you don't have to do that. You don't have to like do group meditations as a family to, to be spiritual and drop the things that truly make you happy. You can have an organized garage and that's super important to you and still be spiritual. Like it's okay to do you because it's about your own journey and, and just feeling, oh my gosh, that brings me joy. So I'm going to do that. When you feel joy, that's spirit. So you got to kind of come down to like, where do I feel joy? And some, you know, like when I do aura colors, like sometimes joy is like dancing it out in the kitchen or making the pantry the way you always wanted it or building, you know, a, a model car with your kid. That's joy. Whatever it looks like to you, that's how you connect with spirit. And there's a lot of ways to do it. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you're the yogi on the paddleboard in the middle of an aqua blue Bali resort paradise doing a perfect triangle pose in a crochet bikini. Like that's not spirituality. That's a photo shoot. So you got to like understand the difference. They're trying to market it to you these days. I get really peeved about it because you can just do you. You know, when I had my last baby, Abby, like I, I decided, okay, every time I feed her, you know, because when you have a newborn, it's like every three hours, right? So every time I feed her, I'm going to make this meditation. And it's just going to be a meditation that works for me and her. And if I get interrupted, cool, you know? And if I don't, cool, whatever. Like this, you have to do things that work in your life. And you have to kind of incorporate your own processes into it. So... You don't have to know everything there is to know about crystals or eating clean or how the moon works. You just have to work on your clarity of mind and truth and what you feel around you. Because spirituality, in a nutshell, is you getting closer to yourself. And in doing so, leaving behind whatever others have told you is more important than that. And I really want you to think about that. It's getting closer to yourself and leaving behind what other people have told you is more important than that. That's what spirituality is. The road inward has a lot to do with releasing the stuff you thought were the pillars of your identity. They want to stick around fine, these pillars. But you know at the same time that the pillars are not your identity. So family, it always comes up. Family is very powerful. We love family. We crave family. We need family. But they program us. And part of the spiritual journey is seeing how you played a role and why and how it affects you today. And that's not mean to do that. It's reflective. And when you do it, sometimes it's hard to understand to really wrap your head around that the programming was never you. It's that you were fitting into the system of family and it still affects you. That's it. That's just humans. So humans do. Humans raising humans. That's what we do. And it's something to confront and parts of it will have to be let go. And it's okay to keep family around because you love them and there's history there and they're meaningful and special to you. But they're not your identity. Some people get real defensive about this because they're attached to who they are as like a history of people. And it's kind of like, yes, you can respect that and, and uphold tradition and be proud of it. But the soul is your identity. The connection inside is your identity. Not outside, inside. There's a lot of things in society that we're still controlled by. 
you know, nationality, color of your skin, where you come from, these things are going to affect your life. And there's nothing you can do about that. That's something that people, you know, you're born in a certain family or with a certain skin color or in a certain situation, and you will be treated differently from society. That's a fact. And there's absolutely 100% nothing that can change how certain things are going to go for you. But at the same time, you have to understand that there's another part of you that is part of a much bigger picture. So even though all these things affect us, and the way I explained it with myself was growing up without a lot that affected me, but that's not me. And, and like we all have something like that. Like it affects me, it will always affect me, but it's not me. And if you just keep it in mind and you'll, you'll, there's a balance, you have to juggle it. It's just going to help you kind of move through stuff in a way that at least keeps you connected to your source or that which is greater inside of you. So it's hard for many and people get very defensive about it. People get very upset and it's just something that you have to see like these pillars are not you. They are just a part of the ego attachments. And so some people get very stressed out looking at their family situation because it can get really raw and real and stressful. So it's hard for many. And and again, like the ego can tell you all sorts of things that it's cruel or mean or, or not necessary to look at it, but it is. And friendships too. There will be those that serve this growth and those who are parroting back to the weirdness of what you're doing. And they'll call you out when you're not playing the role anymore. And people who are angry about it are the ones who needed you to be somebody um, for their own, you know, their own needs. It has nothing to do with you. It's a de- it was like a, a dependent relationship and it wasn't healthy. But the people who are supportive who say, good job. And as long as it's healthy and you're not hurting yourself or anyone else, they're happy for you. And that's good. But they all won't be like this on your journey. And that's just another place where the spiritual journey does hurt a lot. There's a cost to it. When it's your spouse, it's very hard. It's normal to get a, a bit of a question or a tease or what you have when you start this. They may give you a hard time. And because you want to bring them along, you may find them yourself suddenly the greatest salesperson of your own spiritual path. It's not necessary so much to sell it rather than role model it. Really take that today and take ownership of your stuff and really articulate when necessary how you are doing and how it helps you. And you'll see the reaction. A lot of people, times people are just scared that you're going to change and then you're going to see that you don't need them anymore. So that's like an insecurity kickback. And everyone, friends, family, spouses, they can have this deep, fear that you're going to leave them because you're getting better. And you'll see if it lasts. At the end of the day, you control you. There isn't much you can do to convert anyone, and that's not what this is about. You have to self-invest, and you have to understand that this journey is for yourself, and it's organic, it's natural, it's pure, and it's necessary. And it's what your soul is asking you to do in this lifetime. It's very brave, but there is a cost. And the cost is that not everyone can stay for it. But you have to honor your own journey and your own growth of the soul. And you have to let the chips fall where they may while you do it. But you'll know that you're following a truth which is necessary. And I don't know if anybody's told you this, but this is me talking to you right now. You are so worth the time and the effort. And you are so worth the the love to be allowed into yourself to go on this journey And I want you to know that 
anybody who truly, truly is supposed to be around you, they'll stay. And new people will come in too. And they'll stay. And it's going to be sad when people leave. But you're going to be okay because you're building a foundation that's within you. And it's built on a soul that's eternal. And it's energy that's always been around and always will be around. And it's a beautiful investment. And there's nothing you can do while you're investing in it that's a waste. So I really want you to give yourself love today. And I really want you to think about how you can invest in yourself as you go on your own spiritual journey. And if you're having a hard time, I really do want you to come over to the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family on Facebook just because we give each other a lot of a lot of hugs because I say this often. Sometimes it's hard to find other people who understand what we're talking about. And it's very cathartic to talk about it with people who get it. Hey, Scott. Hey. So... We're, you know, we're talking about these spiritual awakening, spiritual journeys, um, signs that you're in one, how people react, the fallout, what that looks like, how it's not marketed well, meaning it doesn't always have to look like it does yeah. in, in, on the ads or what have you for what spiritual people look like. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I always am. Um... I always think to myself when like people I see like and I don't I don't want to make fun of anyone or anything but like where people go halfway across the globe to you know find that I I don't understand that myself. Yeah. Uh I feel you can find it right here in your house 4, or 4000%. Yeah, or your backyard. Why do I need to travel to like, you know, New Zealand you don't. and climb a mountain in, in my yoga shorts? <laughs> you don't yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's something people need to know. Yeah. Save, I can save you a lot of money and just do it in your backyard. <laughs> well, those types of experiences are wonderful. Right. And I want to have them, and I think we all would like to have experiences like that, where yeah. especially like even at the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Gathering, it right. was wonderful being around like-minded people and dancing under the full moon and having a good time. But yeah. honestly, the first step to a spiritual awakening starts with a little spark inside of you. Yeah, you don't need to be like that. I mean, at least I don't think you need to be like that. Uh, what's that movie that had that like uh, eat pray love eat pray love that was it yeah, yeah. But you guys like tied me down to a chair and then put like paper clips in my eyes to keep them open to watch that movie I don't, okay yeah you remember that you don't remember that no oh i do I read vividly the book. vividly i read um, the book you don't need book. to do that i mean right. that, that's like bs to me like you know I, I don't get it like I, I really don't get it yeah so well let's talk about your spiritual right. awakening and how yeah. it looks for you because you're a pretty red dude right you know well, i went on this journey dude. to <laughs> bali where i met a man <laughs> That only had three teeth. Oh. Yes. But he had long hair and he looked like a guru. And that's where it happened. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. All right, continue. Well, okay. So what I talked about with everybody was the first thing, like the first thing that happens when you're on a spiritual awakening is you start to observe yourself, observe your pattern, see yourself from outside of yourself a little more closely. Instead of doing things that are habitual, that you... Now you start questioning them. Have okay. you noticed that in yourself? I, I think so. I mean, like, are you saying like, like, I mean, I've noticed over like the last few years that like little things don't bother me anymore. Like maybe, a, is that something you were talking yes, about? Yes, you used to be extremely angry. Yeah. Well, not extremely angry. <laughs> you weren't like violent. I had moments. <laughs> but. But. I, you used yeah, to be like really angry. I mean, I guess the way I could put it now, and I would have never said this three years ago, is like, I know how to control my red better. Yeah, of my aura, my red aura. Why do you think aura. that is? Like from um, I, you know, I, I that, 
I know for a lot of people that uh, the 3D, 4D, 5D yes. resonated. And that resonates a lot with me now. Like I didn't understand it when you did the podcast, so I have to be honest. Yes, you were like, what's this nonsense? But now I can't get it out of my head. I totally get it. Yeah. And like I see people, you know, like fighting over such mundane stuff and... I, I like before I might have even chimed in on the argument. Yeah. Where I'm like, I gotta get this out. I gotta tell them that. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care. What do you think that was when you were like, I gotta get this out. I have to say my piece. Was that was I, that I, your ego? Was that it like, must have been the ego, right? It was your ego. Yeah, it yeah. must be the ego. Yeah, correct. Right. 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 And now it's just like uh you know, like I'm on the HOA in in our community and um yeah, you know, I, I just let it slide. You know, I don't like. I'll, I'm just going to do the decision that I make, and then yeah. let them all discuss it. And I can't get involved with it because it's so 3D to me. People get really pissed off about sprinklers when you live in an HOA, yeah. and and like they. When I say pissed off, I mean like they get raging. Right, and it's weird because like <laughs> like there's part of me that still says I can write the perfect thing here to take this person down. Like I can outlaw so, them. Yeah, right. so easily. But then I like when I go to actually do it, I'm like, no, I don't. I don't want to put my energy there. Exactly. I just don't, my energy's got to go in this direction. Right. And I got. I think right now, I have like ninety percent of my energy going in one direction. Right. And I got this little ten percent energy, and I think we all know what that is. That's going in the other direction. That the Amish thing? What is that? No, that's, not oh. the that's my, my my hanging on to the, the teaching the gig job. for the last oh, month oh, that I have now. Misread that. Got yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Amish take up. When you're serious, I get to be the funny one. Yeah. My Amish percentage. Um, (laughs) No, but I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. But you're so so you become more observant. That's kind of the first. So that's definitely you become more observant. And and like when we started this, because we didn't we haven't always talked. Like I feel like when we met, we were so young and we were like, oh, we want to do this and we want to do that, and but we couldn't articulate it the way we can currently with you know the tools of understanding the different parts of ourselves and how things work and right. i feel like since we started this you've you know, and have you found it uncomfortable since you found okay wait a second teaching the rest of my life doesn't have to be the way it is uncomfortable especially when there wasn't a way out right away because you had that because i talk about this like how it's uncomfortable to want something which is part of the spiritual awakening so all of a sudden you wake up Mm -hmm. and you say i do not want to work this job anymore but you also look and you have two children and a wife and a house and bills and 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 there's a moment where you're like how's this gonna work yes and and that's how did you deal with that discomfort? That was very hard for me. There was no way out for a long time. No. And right. And yes, about, you know, a few, yeah, a few, it was very difficult. When, I mean, actually doing this made it more difficult mm-hmm. to believe, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So like if I was living in like the not, like not knowing about all this 3D and spiritualism and stuff, it would have been easier for me to go to the job yes. because I didn't understand it. But once I kind of understood what you were talking about and I understood what the spiritual journey you were talking about, it became very painful for me to go there. So, like, actually, like, when I physically went into the building and I knew, like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be in this building. I got to get out of this building. And I'd have to, like, self-talk myself to get through the day. But what I did was, because, you know, I couldn't take that anymore because I knew now, like, there was another path. And I saw the other path, but we weren't ready yet for that other path. Now we're ready, but 
a few years ago, it wasn't ready. So what I did was I just kept making small steps. And always when I had time, I took my energy. Instead of putting it to the one thing, I put it to the other thing. Mm -hmm. And I kept putting a little more energy, a little more energy. And it kept growing and growing and growing until finally... You know, I'm at the point where I'm saying, hey, no, I don't need to be there anymore. It's like, I don't even know why I'm there anymore because there's nothing left there. It's, right. it's like an empty shell now that Amazing. I'm just finishing out, you know, the year just to... For the kids. For the kids. And, you know, of course, you know what happened with the pandemic. But, you know, and I debated and we had Brett hypnotize me earlier in the year. <laughs> and at that point, it was like I was making a decision. Should I just go now? But, you know, I, there's always been like a part of me that said, you know, if I'm going to start the year, I got to finish the year. But now I'm not on the schedule next year. You're not. No. That, you know, I think that's so important for people to hear because how many people do I read who they're at that point where they, it's very uncomfortable to start your spiritual awakening because there's a lot of things you open your eyes up to and you're like, oh yeah. my God, I hate all of this, but I'm stuck in it. Yes. It was, it's, the, the first part of it was, it's almost like you'd rather... Not know about it. Yeah, be in the coma. Does that make sense? Yes, it's okay. called an ego coma, an right. emotional coma. Because it was easier. Ninety percent of people live there. Yeah, it's yeah. just easier just doing your thing. It is. You know, and you know, having distractions, or whatever, on the side. But once you open that door, and it's not going to happen all at once. I mean, for hey, I hope it does for people. But it didn't happen for us all at once. Right. We worked our behinds off yeah. to make that happen. I know you worked your behind off to make it happen for me or, you know, and I worked my behind off to make this happen for you. Yeah. And we worked together well as a team. We found out. We found out a lot about ourselves. We did. That as we, a couple. As we worked together, mm-hmm. how we worked together. Uh, but now I feel 100% comfortable starting September 1st when I don't go back and I'm going to do all my energy, I said 90%. Now it's going to be a hundred percent. And it's small steps. Like you, what yes. you, I think I love what you said. You took tiny, tiny steps tiny where steps. you could make a choice. Yes. You made the time. It's life changes in the tiny minuscule right. choices that you make yes. over time. Yes. It was um, tiny. And, and Hey, don't, don't get me wrong. There was times where you felt like, Oh my God, you know, I tried to get something done and it just didn't go. And oh, yeah. You, and, and it felt like, you know, oh, this it's, is not going to happen. Oh, it feels like the wind gets knocked but out of you. that's when you try doubly as hard. It's like go, that, that movie, that Rocky movie. Yeah, I forget which yeah. one. He's like, it's not how many times <laughs> yeah. you fall down. It's how many cliche, times you yeah. get up. Right. But I love that. I love Rocky. Okay. We love Rocky. Another right. sign that you're having a spiritual awakening is you connect to others differently, like in terms of validating them or wanting to be nice to them or you connect yeah. to the planet. You've always been good to... Like spiders, like like oh, that was my big thing. Like, yeah, don't you don't let, kill yeah. spiders, right? You know? Try to save a bug if it's in the house. Yeah, but then like people too, like you know, maybe you give a couple bucks more as a tip, or yeah. you take the time to write the Google review, or you, yep. you your big thing I noticed lately with you is you'll go up to to managers and be like, I want to tell you who did a good job today, yeah. and th- you know, yeah, I'll do stuff like like that. that, or just little things because we're all interconnected. Yeah, I mean, yeah, have I've you done, found that no, I've more? Done, yeah. Since you've kind of been on this journey, like where you think of yourself less and others more, yeah, it's one of the I mean, signs. You could be right. I mean, I do stuff like that. I mean, I don't even like tell people when I do stuff like that. I know you don't like to talk about it because you. Um, yeah, I was taught that too. Like when you maybe because I was raised Catholic, they said like if you do something, don't talk about it because yeah. it takes away from now, it. Now we're talking about. It. I know. I know. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but um, yeah, yeah, that could be true. <laughs> I, it, it could be that, or I, I don't know if it's something like a, just like a better position in life now. 
could that You've be a joke? You've always but been. I, you know what it is with you, though? Yeah. You're like the elderly man. You're the elderly person whisperer. They all come up. To, I've seen it, and you never talk about it. How many times have you pulled someone's car out because they couldn't figure yeah. it out in the parking lot? Or I see. You don't tell me anything, but I see it happen when I'm around you. Give directions. Get somebody on Not their true. way. Yeah. Help them figure something out. You know, maybe it's our population is a lot of the elderly, but you're 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 like always they're always coming up to you and how and you're helping oh, them. and that's true maybe so it's, yeah you're probably right because i you know as a kid i'd always give like if i saw someone on yeah. the street or something i always give them money yeah that's yeah. how you i've always since i've known you you've been like yeah. that yeah like you'll stop anything you're doing for like the little guy but that's a red person thing too yeah. like injustice or mm-hmm. advocacy okay another thing for you oh attachments i was talking about so attachments are things that you start losing your attachments. So mm. attachments are things that are like false identity stuff. Okay. So for example, like I use the example like, oh, I'm a Bills fan. You know what I mean? Now that's just fun. Right. You know, but some people then they're like, well, um, I don't know, like I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. Like that's what we're going through right now. You know, okay. Like that. And and it's like, is that really who you are? You know what I yeah. mean? No. It, yeah. and, and kind of like letting things go a little bit that are false attachments as pillars of okay. your identity. Well, I'm going to tell you on that one. I've never actually. I've never felt anything like that. Really? So I've never felt yeah, like so attached. I, I mean, other than when I was a kid. Like, don't get me wrong. When I was, you know, when I was a dumb dumb in you know high school, yes. <laughs> but after, like, let's say high school, like I never had like a massive attachment to like a football team, right? You know, other than in let's say high school, or whatever. But like since I've, you know, grown up a little bit, uh, I don't have like any attachment to a, like a political party. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, you know. Um, no, I, I kind of like an independent thinker that way. Yeah. Like I don't, and I never see myself like I'm known as a teacher. I'm known as the hockey player. Right. Uh, I'm known as the podcaster. Right. You know, no, I don't, I never, no, I never had one of those. That's true. So is that bad or good? No, I, I think you've just always kind of been that way. I've just always been me. Yeah. And, that is kind of how you are. Yeah. That's so, been easy for you. So that one's been easy for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a transformation there. I think I've always been that way. I've I, never been a follower. I always just like to. Do my own thing. You know what I noticed with you? You and I think this goes back to the other thing. You've stopped like correcting people's thoughts that you thought were incorrect. Okay. Maybe that's kind yeah. of like a thing. Like if somebody has a thought and I you would like have discourse with them and I feel like you've let that go. Like you don't have to be the writer of people's incorrect yeah. thoughts. Yeah, that's true. And then finally, just real quick, like synchronicity. Have you noticed more of that in your life? Could you explain that word to me? Tell the story <laughs> of when you were having a conversation with your spirit guide in the car about raining and what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, what was... Uh, you're going to have to jog... I told it to you. You're going to have to jog my memory on that so one. So you... This was when you were going through your hard times. Yes. And you told me that you were having a conversation in your car on right. the way, I believe, home from work. Was I talking to myself? And you were talking to your spirit guides. And oh, you my spirit like, guides, yeah. You know, how ridiculous this is. For example, you know, it's not like if I say... If I manifest, hey, if you could rain right now... Right. I need you to rain right now. Like that right. could happen. And all right. of a sudden. And it was a perfectly sunny day. Perfectly sunny day. South Florida. Right. And as I was saying it, I was listening. I, my, you know, head turned in on the radio was uh, the song November Rain. By, it just came on. Just came on right. by, uh, what's the band? Uh, I don't know. November Rain is by. Uh, Everyone's screaming at the podcast Oh, they are. Right I know. I know it. Oh, my God. Wait, not Pearl Jam. Guns N' Roses. There you go. Guns N' Roses. Okay. <laughs> so little things like that, but they happen to you all the time. And yes. you tell me. No, I don't tell. And then finally, authenticity. <laughs> okay. Meeting only the most authentic people in your life, authentic situations, no small talk, stuff like that. 
how have you noticed that changing for you? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of do have, I'm going to tell you, I think I have less connection now <laughs> to people than I used to. Is it, that's not even like, with the like, quarantine. Yeah, well, that could be quarantine. <laughs> but I mean, I, 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 I mean, I've devoted so much energy in this one direction that a lot of things have faded in, it's in other places. Yeah. I mean, it's. Yeah. We'll have to work on that. We'll have to work on that. Well, that's probably why you got a little, you had so much fun at the gathering. Yeah. Like meeting everyone that you've only been talking to online. I do enjoy that. (laughs) uh, And like you're like best friends with like Michelle Milne, like, you know, with giving you whiskey that night. I mean, it was so much fun. It was fun. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to do it again in January. Stupid pandemic goes away. Okay. So what do you got for me today? You you, were going to talk about something interesting okay and so you I, brought it to me yeah so i figured we'd do a few um celebrities who have had spiritual awakenings cool. and see if this kind of matches up what we were just talking about to kind of put it into perspective okay okay so the first one i came up with is a guy named joaquin flagstaff phoenix phoenix <laughs> same same state How i got, I got the state ask me about joaquin phoenix i mean mm-hmm. come on he yeah. is like He's a rare bird. Yeah, and I and I did a little research on him. Okay. As I do my research, you know, I do my research. Yes, you research. Um, I noticed that at one point he retired from acting. Yes. He had done okay. So basically, he was working on a movie, uh, Walk the Line, with Johnny yes. Cash. I love that movie. And Johnny Cash was a big drinker. Yeah. And big into like pills and drugs, I think. Uh, He's and, a huge addict. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huge addict, right? And then Joaquin and Phoenix seemed to also be a. Become an addict, well, he's drinking. An, he's an indigo. Okay. So he absorbs into his roles like yes. a thousand percent. Yeah. And I, I think that's what happened. Uh, and then he retired from acting. I don't know if it was exactly after that film, but uh, then he really got into like being a rapper. Yeah, that was weird. A musician. Uh, he did like this train wreck of an interview on David Letterman where he was like that. slurring his words. Yeah. You, nobody knew what was going on. Yeah, Google that. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't show up like for award shows. He doesn't um, care. Doesn't care. Uh, he's a vegan. He's you know you know he's big into animal rights. Yeah, he's good, bit, good he's things. I'm not saying they're that. good things, but it seems like you know here. I don't know what his first. Do you remember his first films? I don't remember what his original films were, but I forget. Um, you know maybe that movie where he like was doing it with his like uh, computer made him crazy too. Oh, you? <laughs> no, something. what was it called? Yeah, it was like her, her, you, something know. like that. But something yeah. he, was, he fell in love he fell with. Fell in love like, with Siri. Yeah, yeah. That could drive anyone crazy. Oh yeah, no, he's been in amazing movies. Like yeah. he's he's a, a brilliant actor. He just won the Oscar for Joker, and mm-hmm. he used his three minute Oscar speech to basically talk about spiritual awakening. <laughs> like he talked about gratitude. He talked about animal rights, and. You know, honestly, because of him, I don't eat dairy so much anymore. Like, I really eliminated a lot of it out of my diet because he brought so much attention to what dairy cows... I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I am not preaching or anything. It's just that, like, his love and his, like, passion really is transcendent. And and he's authentic about it and it means it. And I feel like... And he's not on it. He's not on any social media He's, yeah, he's a (laughs) hundred percent gone through something. And I think we all see that on him. Okay. The next one I had was, uh, the actor Jim Carrey. Oh yes. And the same thing kind of happened to him. He played the role of Andy Kaufman in, uh, was it? Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon. And he said like he had become the character. And then after the film, he didn't even know who he was anymore. Jim Carrey didn't know who he was anymore. 
Uh, and that was kind of when he had his spiritual awakening. Right. Same, kind of, very similar to Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, he became, like, obsessed with painting. Okay. Uh, like drawing cartoons, political, I think political type cartoons even. Okay. Um, you know, something with like a peak, ex- he had like a peak experience, I think, he's, with acting maybe. Yeah, he's green and purple. So like okay. green people constantly need to feel challenged. So if he felt like he made it to the top and it didn't give him the rush anymore, he, it makes sense he threw himself into something completely different. And green people, green purple people usually have some sort of production or media thing in them. Like I usually see them like creating media, producing, things like that. So that's interesting to me. You know, he was on Oprah forever ago and he talked about how he used the law of attraction when he was a down and out, poor, struggling actor in LA and he was, had no money and he wrote himself a check for a million dollars and he stuck it in his wallet and he said in one year, and he he dated it one year from that day. And a year from that day, he was, I think he was in the mask or something and he was able to actually cash it. And he shared that story on Oprah, like way before anybody really was talking about law of attraction or the secret or anything. It was just really cool. Yeah, so he's always kind of been minded that way. That's interesting because Oprah was my next on the list. Oh, Oprah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so she was next. I had Oprah down. I thought you might know. You love Oprah. I love Oprah. Oprah, yeah, she's Indigo too. You know, and she kind of brought a lot to. I mean, I love her just personally, and I think you know I'm not the only one, obviously. But like, and I've said this before. I used to run home from my teaching job and and put on Oprah like every day. It was at 4 p.m. and I put it on and. She changed me. She changed the way I thought. She was like a big catalyst. Like that show was a huge catalyst for me. And and that was very much a conscious decision of hers to do that for people on her platform. You know, I heard her in an interview. It was an old one from a long time ago. And somebody said, like, how do you pick the people in your life? Or how do you make the right decisions about who you pick in your life? And she told a story about how her grandmother told her, you know, you have to pray on your knees. And so she always prays on her knees and then she decided, she, she made some sort of, she said she had an epiphany moment where she now understands that the way to see world, it, the whole world is on your knees, meaning through God's eyes, which is what I was talking about before in my spiel before like God's love or the unconditional love of spirit, how we're all seen. And that's how she tries to look at everybody through that filter, which is available to us all. And when she does that, she makes clear, good choices for herself about who she's around and what choices she makes and what she does. But she, she says she does it on her knees. Like she does it through the, the eyes of God, that humility. And I just love her, you know, and she's, she's always, she struggles and, you know, she's not perfect. And I think that she's a great example of ups and downs and this and that, but I'm not eating her weird pizza. Like <laughs> I'm not eating it in the frozen food section. I refuse to eat either. the cauliflower pizza. I'm not All doing right. it. Well, I figure, all right, so it was fantastic. All this information is a lot probably for people to digest. Yes. So I think we end this with a fun game. Okay. Uh, We've played the newlywed game before, and it was courtesy of uh, a person in the group named Danielle. She gave us the questions. So I reached back out to Danielle, and I asked her, hey, would you be able to come up with some questions uh, so we can play the quarantine version of the newlywed game? All right, play at home. So you can play at home. (laughs) You know, play Jumanji along with it if you want to. Sure. I'll say it a few times to get you guys started. Jumanji, Jumanji, Jumanji. Oh, that's three things. That's three. Jumanji. Oh. Just in case you're using your socks. Um, <laughs> and if you don't know what Jumanji is, look that up on a previous podcast. It's a strip podcast. All right. Game. So I'm going to ask the questions. We both answered them. I don't know what 
Mr. Michaela answered, and she doesn't know what I answered, but we're going to see if we match anything up. Okay, And yeah, we're so going to we, play for points. We're yeah, playing for oh, points. Oh, for points, yes. Yeah, so yeah points. You, keep, you keep score. Okay. All right. First question. These are, again, from our Mystic Michaela spiritual family, Danielle. I don't, we already looked at the questions independently, Correct. and we have yes. our answers. Correct. Okay, go ahead. All right. First question is, what is your partner's go-to quarantine food? Okay. okay so you want to answer first? Would you put All right, so for you. Yeah. It, you, it's a coffee and a cookie. Oh, my God. That's exactly what Stop I have Stop it. I have right there on the paper. Oh, my God. Coffee and cookie. I get a point. You get a point. Yes. And for you, I yeah. put down zingers, like uh, chicken fingers. Oh, I do like Or chocolate. Chocolate. Is that one? Yeah, chocolate. Yes, I chocolate. see right here. It's chocolate. Okay. You get a point. Point. All right. So you get two so for the coffee. So are you cookie. writing down your points or no? Oh. I keep them in my head. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I have one, one to one. One to one. Okay. Okay. Number two. What celebrity... Would your partner want to quarantine with? Okay. So, like, I'm not there? Right. So, you got stuck. Like, okay. pretend, you know, like, for some reason, whatever, like, a tornado came through. Okay. And then you had to rush into a building, and you were quarantined, and now you're with this person. This person. Okay. okay. So, for you. Yeah, who'd you put for me? I put Kevin Costner. Kevin, and that's what I have down, Kevin Costner. That's weird, though, because, like, you think you'd put down somebody else no no because no because that's what i thought you were gonna tell me oh and i thought you fair yeah no you're supposed to put down who you'd want to be quarantined oh so who would you want to be quarantined well it wouldn't then be kevin costner oh yeah well that's not nice what because i think you're thinking of somebody probably prettier than kevin costner yeah it was bruce springsteen okay (laughs) uh for you who did you say for me i put down keanu reeves Oh, uh, I put down a, uh, like anyone from Netflix. Oh, okay. Well, so you, he's not from Netflix. Right? I have two points, and you All have right. um, one. Okay. Okay. Question number three, Jumanji. <laughs> Who is most likely to go nuts, I, like crazy, like me or you? Who'd you? Yeah. Who'd you put? Well, that's you. No, I put you. Oh no! Oh, that's you. <laughs> you already kind of went crazy that one day. No, no, no. Yeah, you No, did. I think it would be you. I think it's going to be something that little is going to like set you off. Really? You know, like, you know, you bottle things up. I do. And everything's, oh, it's good, it's good, it's good. And yeah, that's It just blows up. It's true. So I'm, I'm saying you. Well, I'm I, saying you. Yeah. So no points. All right, no point. No, no points. Point. No, point. no points. All right, question number four. Okay. Who is more likely to believe corona spiracies? Oh. So instead of conspiracies, corona yeah. spiracies. Well, that's okay. me. That's definitely you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I always listen to them. Yeah, I, I'm not falling for any of those. Well, I don't listen. believe I, don't I always believe that. listen. Yeah. And I investigate on my own and make my own decisions. Yeah. But I do listen. I mean, <laughs> let me just tell you this, people. The other night, and this didn't have to do with Corona, but she goes, you know, they're these murdering hornets that if they bite you, you die. And I'm like, oh my God, this is worse than the Corona. We're worried about the Corona, but we got these murdering hornets. And if you just get bit by them, you automatically die. And then we looked it up. I'm like, can you look that up? I just read a headline. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why I get the point for this one. I'm a headline reader. I can't delve into the news. It's too stressful. Yeah. It's like if they kill, if they sting a bee, the bee dies. They kill bees. Right. But not, they don't murder humans. No, they don't. Okay. But that's what you told. Well, the headlines are very deceiving. Okay. So definitely point for me on that one. (laughs) Okay. So you got a point. Okay. Thank you. So one point. So what is it? You have two points for you. So it's two to two. Yeah. Two to two. Okay. Okay. Number five. What is your partner's favorite aspect of the quarantine? Oh, for you, you don't have to shave. Oh, okay. What'd you put for yourself? I put down no teaching. Like, oh. like I am doing the Zoom teaching, but right. I don't have to go there. Oh, okay. 
You, I put taking naps. Oh, I put wearing my PJs. Oh, well, that's like kind of the same thing. All right, I'll give you a point. Thank you. So I think we both, I don't, I guess I don't get a point. Mm, so it's three, yeah. it's three to two. Three to two. Okay. okay. Number six. Who has the most questionable quarantine hygiene? I'm just going to say that, like, it's you because <laughs> I had to tell you three times to buy soap that's for tr- yourself. That's true. And I brought everything. I purchased everything except for the soap. Like three different grocery trips. Yeah. I put you. What? Yeah. Only full moon me. Because like, I thought, yeah, like you didn't shower for like two days or something. It, the full moon really affects me. I couldn't like move this full moon. It was All right. difficult. All right. We'll All right. So both no, a point, no, I guess. Really? No points? All right. No points. No points. All right. Number seven. Yeah. Um, who has stayed in the same quarantine outfit the longest? And then what is that outfit? Jumanji. <laughs> I feel like that's you. <laughs> okay. What outfit would that be? She's always wearing like some, I don't know. It's always like the same kind of outfit. That's like. true. And I put that too. So I'm, you're going to give you the point. All here. right. Thanks. Because I've been like kind of wearing like. Gym shorts and a, and a white t-shirt. t-shirt. Yeah, like yeah. for days. Well, you know what it is? I have like hundreds of white t-shirts now. Yeah. Because I got them like, you know, for work and everything. I know. So it's like, so I just, they're easy. Like I, they're just there. Like this is the first shirt I see. I've been trying to wear things with buttons just so yeah. I can remember what that feels like. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I haven't combed my hair in days. You, you know, you're right on it's these. Disgusting. I think the hygiene, I'm going to give you the point. Yes. You can take the point. Take it, take it. Take it. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. Who's the better homeschool teacher? Well, that would be me. Yeah, that's you. I don't do that. <laughs> You've actually taught our, our five-year-old how to read. I am, like, shocked. Yes. She can read. I know. I'm doing yeah, good. I'm really you're doing proud amazing. of myself. Yeah. I am a terrible homeschool teacher. You don't even... You, like, come in and try to distract Yeah, I play the bad... Like, I'm, like, the, jokes. I'm the bad kid. I'm trying to teach her... She's... You know what she did? Hmm. She picked up... I'm trying to teach her how to spell her last name, but she picked up and wrote down fart, like, perfectly today. And I'm like, who taught you that? Say, like, Daddy. Yeah, I'm Der- I'm Derek the bad kid in class, and I sit in like the corner and I yell out things. Oh my god! Why they do homeschool? You guys, we are so quarantined. Yeah, that this is what we do. Yeah, like I'll just say like bad things. Yeah, you're like the bad kid during my homeschool. Yeah, and then she'll ask me to read the words, and I'll make up other words. <laughs> and she's like, Daddy. You don't have a brain. You have to go to the hospital get a brain. That's what she told me today. <laughs> They're abusing you. Yeah. Uh, who is in the? Which one of us is in the most need of an energy cleanse? Oh, you. Yeah. 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 I gave you one the other day. You did. You cleansed yeah, me out. I did. You cleaned it out. I did. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of There's stuff a in lot there. Of stuff. A lot of cobwebs. What's mm-hmm. in there? All right. And the last question we have um, is: What is? Who has? Sorry. Who has the craziest quarantine? Fantasies. Oh. Yeah. Quarantine fantasies. What was yours? What'd you say mine was? Okay, I put down for you. Well, you've been like doing these weird fantasies of things that we can do that oh, we yeah. really can't do. Yeah. So I put down like you've been fantasizing about eating at restaurants that are run by like crackheads. Yeah. Uh, you know, like they're places that are but, dirty yes, to begin well, with. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I constantly want takeout from places that were possibly not super clean even before the quarantine. But right. I just want the food so bad. Right. And then you're like, want to yeah, go on right, like vacation trips to like quarantine infested, like I the hotbeds of quarantine. Yeah, I like want to go LA. visit Megan. I know. Yeah. You, yeah, you want to uh, go to LA? I'm like, where are we going to go? Megan said we could hang out with her. Yeah, but how are we going to get there on a COVID-19 airplane, the COVID, COVID it's airlines. It's not going to happen, but obviously you get the point for that. COVID airlines. Yeah. It's me. Okay. 
right. So you, yeah, that's you. I mean. All right. Who won? I. All right. You're the. I. I think I have like I lost track. I think I have like four points. And you have like three. I have, all right. So I, I think you're the winner here. Yes. Yeah. At least I haven't seen the pink robe. Actually, Bree stole your yeah, pink robe. Yeah, my kid stole the robe. Because last time we played, the, the pink robe made it was a huge hit. <laughs> and uh, I think Bree stole it. I love that robe. Okay, so thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all. I welcome your feedback. And you guys take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.